0: Hey beautiful people, you are listening to the voice of David Odejai, the host of Half Court Hustle. And today I just wanted to take a quick stop and have a chat about Carmelo Anthony. Now, I don't need to tell you this already, you guys already know, but Anthony, superstar small forward, drafted in that loaded draft class in 2003 alongside with Dwayne Wade and LeBron James is currently out of the league at the moment and has been out of the league since the start of the season after being terminated by the Houston Rockets after just 11 games, 11 games into the season. So now the chatter is, well, is Carmelo good enough to make an NBA roster? Why is he not already on the team? Is he being blackballed? Are there political reasons behind it? And I'm going to say it is a mixture of yes and no. It is partly political, and I'll get onto that in a second. But to be honest, the game has just evolved past the point where Carmelo, well, the bulk of Carmelo's game isn't all of that useful to current NBA teams. Now, what's my reason for saying that? Well look, like Melo is one of the greatest scorers of his generation. There's no doubt about that. The guy used to be uh 25-26 point per game scorer in his times in Denver and had a, a couple of good seasons with New York as well. The guy is a bucket getter and there's no doubt about it. But the thing about Melo is he is he's an isolation scorer. Let's be real. He's an isolation scorer who is able to post up really well and loves to take long two-pointers, right? And those aspects of the game are just not as heavily emphasised today as they used to be. So look, everybody on social media who's saying it's a travesty that Carmelo Anthony is not in the league anymore, it's not 2008. Like, it's not 2008, it's not 2009. And the game has moved to a point where you focus on the most efficient shot possible. So either you get to the basket and get fouled or you're able to hit the three-pointer at an efficient rate. What is not acceptable, especially for somebody of Carmelo's age who has clearly lost the step and is not as explosive as he used to be, what isn't acceptable is to have a player, a receiver pass, hold on to the ball for five or six seconds and then burp up a long two-pointer especially on a team like the Houston Rockets, where the executive staff, the coaching staff, they're very analytics-focused, they're very numbers-focused, they're very efficiency-focused. So it's got to the point where the game has evolved and it's just left Carmelo Anthony behind. And he isn't alone in that, like plenty of other players of his uh, sort of generation have aged to the point where they're not able to dominate the game like they used to. For some players, that's the end of it, right? Like if you look back to Allen Iverson's situation when he uh, forced his way out of Denver and went onto the Pistons, he had lost the step in his game. He wasn't efficient and, you know, much, much similar to Anthony's situation. Like he just wasn't the scorer he used to be. In situations like that, it can be the end of a player's career, especially if they're not willing to adapt their game. Allen Iverson was not willing to adapt his game. He wasn't willing to come off the bench. He wasn't willing to accept a lesser role. He wasn't willing to delegate or trust his teammates. Uh, And the end of his career suffered as a result of that. And that's exactly what we've seen from Carmelo Anthony. He forced his way out of Denver. He went to New York. They brought in Mike D'Antoni, who likes to play a particular style of basketball. I touched on that in the last episode of the podcast. Um, but he wasn't willing to adapt. Jeremy Lin comes on the scene. And you guys will remember Sanity, that stretch of games in the 2012 season where Jeremy Lin came in and lit the league on fire uh, while Carmelo Anthony was injured. Carmelo came back. And by the way, New York were playing a very fun very successful style of basketball. Carmelo comes back from injury and is just not able, I say not able, just not willing to adapt and is part of the reason why Jeremy Lin uh, left New York shortly after. He just wasn't happy with his success. So, Melo just hasn't been able to adapt his game or accept a, a lesser role. And that's all well and good when you're putting in 26 points per game and you're hot stuff. But, Once your game starts to leave you, you have to then accept a lesser role. Some players manage to do this quite well. Like Vince Carter is a fantastic example. The guy is pushing 40. No, how old is Vince Carter? He's over 40. I'm pretty sure he's over 40. And he's a journeyman, sure. He's bounced around from team to team. But everywhere he's gone, he's able to just get up, come off the bench, hit a couple of key three-pointers and provide uh, quality veteran minutes in a small role. Like, Paul Pierce was able to do the same thing in Washington um, towards the end of his career as well. Just come in, hit clutch three-point shots when you're needed, and then when you're not needed, just sit on the bench. You know, Mello made it pretty clear when he left New York to join Oklahoma City, even though he he did not have a very good year efficiency-wise, Melo made it clear to the media that he was not willing to take a bench role. So what do you do with a a star who's past his prime, who isn't as efficient a scorer as he used to be, but is also not willing to accept his role in the offense? That's not a recipe for a winning basketball team. It's also not a recipe for a happy team either. That's even before we get onto the defensive side of the floor. Like, throughout Carmelo Anthony's career, whether, you know, it's uh, Jeff Bezdelic, who originally coached him in Denver in the early part of the decade, or George Carl, or Mike D'Antoni, or, uh, well, less so Mike D'Antoni, but, like, Phil Jackson uh, especially, uh, pretty much every guy who's coached Carmelo Anthony in his NBA career has said, this guy is not committed to playing defense. He just doesn't give as much effort as he should on that side of the ball. So, again, all well and good when you're making all-star teams and setting the league on fire with your buckets, but if you get to a stage where you're not really scoring that well and you can't make up for it on the defensive end of the floor, then, bruv, like, there's no easy way to say it, but you're just a liability. And, yeah, those are harsh terms to use for a future Hall of Famer and one of the best scorers of this generation. But look, this the guy got traded from Oklahoma City and cut by the Houston Rockets for a reason. What is the point of having somebody who's going to come off the bench, score a bit, and then give up those points on the other side of the floor? And it's gone from the point where Carmelo Anthony won't play defense to now Carmelo Anthony can't play defense. Like He hasn't developed the fundamentals earlier in his career, really, um and once you've lost the sep the you know that's kind of it how are you going to develop into a defensive stopper in your like mid to late 30s it doesn't really happen so that's the basketball side of things now is there an element of politics that comes into play as well maybe maybe like um Carmelo Anthony has a little bit of a reputation for forcing coaches out of situations. So I mentioned uh, Jeff Bisdelic, who was Anthony's coach in Denver um, when he was first drafted. Bisdelic wasn't happy with the fact that Melo wasn't giving his everything on the defensive end of the floor. And he wanted his leaders to, as much as they were able to score an offense, he wanted them to commit to playing defense. And Melo just wouldn't. He wouldn't. And it got to the point where uh, there was so much tension between the two that Pizdelic had to leave. And according to media reports at the time, the deteriorating relationship between the two was a big reason why he left. And, you know, a similar thing with, with George Carl. Carl wanted uh, Mello to commit to playing defense, but he wouldn't. He just wouldn't. He couldn't get Mello to commit to playing hard on that side of the ball. So Mello, um, you know, there was uh, what was dubbed the Mello drama, you know, in, in the late part of the last decade, Mello forced his way into New York. Um, there was a the whole drama with Jeremy Lynn and Mello not being happy with Lynn getting a lot of the spotlight. In comes Phil Jackson and, uh, you know, after Mike D'Antoni leaves the team and Jackson is like, you're holding on to the ball too much. And it got to the point where Phil Jackson actually said to the media, and you can look this up, he actually said this, Mello would be better off playing for another team. Now, you know, things have come to a head when the head coach is telling the best player that he should look for another uh, job opportunity. You know, broad daylight, Hundred cameras, hundred microphones on him. Melo should find another team. You know that that should tell you a little something about how a, a player is received by you know um the, the 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 coaching elite in the NBA. This guy does not have a happy history of getting along with his coaches, so maybe part of it is political. And you know I've I've seen videos and 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 read stories about essentially the year before uh, last season. Was it? Yeah, last season. The Houston Rockets actually, oddly enough, had a very good defense. And that was partly attributed to Coach Bisdelic. Um, Jeff Bizdelic, who I mentioned earlier, coached Mello uh, in the early part of his career. Bizdelic was a big part of um, making sure that the Houston teams were very good defensively. Once Mello arrived on the team, Bizdelic retired suddenly and... W- You know, as soon as that happened, you know, there was, there surfaced rumors that the Rockets were going to cut Carmelo. And if those rumors are true, that is really something like it is unheard of for a team that is choosing between a member of its coaching staff and one of its name brand players for the team to choose the coaching staff. That's, that is unheard of. That is unheard of. Like, in what other situation in professional sports, let alone basketball, do you hear of a situation where a coach or manager is chosen by the team over a star player? It just doesn't happen. So that tells you a lot about how Carmelo is perceived in the league. Um, And whether you consider that to be some kind of shadowy, sinister background political force that is keeping a worthy player out of the league... If you hold that perception, I have to disagree. Like I'm just in a position where, listen, you have a former star player who's just lost his mojo and isn't willing to adapt. You know, this is Allen Iverson 2.0, essentially. Now, I've seen the latest interview between Stephen A. Smith and Carmelo Anthony, and Anthony's come out and said all of the right things. He said, you know, he said that he was starting to understand his role in Houston and that he was willing to accept less offensive responsibility and that he's now able to see that actually I can have an important role sort of coming off the bench and contributing. So if we take him at his word and he is able to fit into an offensive scheme and accept a lesser role, then perhaps it is, you know, worth a risk giving this guy 10 day contract veteran minimum and just seeing what happens but equally for teams that aren't willing to take the risk given the history of this guy that's perfectly understandable so when I see former NBA player Royce Wright on on Twitter saying you know why hasn't Melo joined the Lakers why isn't LeBron pulling strings to get his brother on the team blah da da ah, come on, man, Like we all know what the score is. It Once you get to a certain point in your career, if you're not able to, to ball like you used to, you have to get with the program. And if you don't get with the program, then you're gonna find yourself out of the league. And that's what's happening to Carmelo. Okay, so I am reacting to news which I've just heard that Dwight Howard has been signed by the Lakers on a non-guaranteed contract. And that's the type of contract I haven't seen before. Apparently, he's not guaranteed... um, I don't remember the exact terms of it, but he's not guaranteed any of his salary and is instead being paid... $14,000 $14,000 a day for every day that he's on the roster after the 21st of October. So essentially Dwight's not really guaranteed any money by the by the Lakers, which is not what you usually see in an NBA contract. Anyway, the reason I wanted to bring this up in the context of Carmelo Anthony is that there are a lot of there are a lot of similarities between the two situations. There are definitely parallels you've got two players who were dominant superstars in the latter part of the last decade. Two stars who have declined pretty rapidly, although, as I'll come on to in a second, I think Dwight less so than than Carmelo. And also two stars who have not got great reputations when it comes to ownership and coaches around the NBA. So, to some, it might seem surprising that Dwight has been picked up by a team when Carmelo is still struggling. Dwight Howard's relationship with Orlando deteriorated pretty badly, and that situation didn't end very well in terms of his relationship with the team. That was exactly the same with the Lakers. We all remember, or at least some of us will remember, that pretty forgettable season in, I believe it was either 2012 or 2013, where... Dwight Howard joined Kobe Bryant and Steve Nash on the Lakers. Um, played decently, but feuded with Kobe Bryant. Uh, was absolutely tarnished in the media and then had to end the season early because he underwent uh, back surgery. So, Dwight, like Melo, hasn't had the best of relationships with NBA teams throughout the league. But the difference, the key difference here, is that Dwight has still been able to produce. If you look at his numbers in Houston and in Charlotte and in Atlanta, if you look at his numbers, the guy is still putting up close to a double-double pretty much every season. And his stats, when you look at them, aren't a million miles away from the per 36-minute stats that he's put up throughout his career. So the guy can still produce. He's not the freakish athlete that he used to be, of course. Like a, He doesn't have the same bounce. He doesn't have the same spring in his step but the guy's still able to put up numbers and he can still anchor a defense. And that's really, that. those are valuable skills. The problem with Carmelo is at this stage in his career, the guy needs to be a spot-up shooter with limited minutes who can come off the bench and play defense against second units. The guy is a sieve defensively and he doesn't shoot the three-pointer all that well. So... Where, you know, where do you put him? And yeah, you know, the media are saying Mello is a a bucket getter, but like it's not 2012 anymore. There's not going to be a role on any team for him if the proposition is that Melo is going to get the ball, uh, isolate for five or six seconds, and then shoot a long range two pointer. That's not the recipe for success on any team that wants to have a good offense. So... I think, you know, there are definitely similarities between the two situations, but I can 100% understand why teams don't want to take a chance with Carmelo Anthony. Help when you look at the, the Lakers' contract, like, I think they've bought into the fact that Dwight Howard wants to come in and produce in a more limited role, but only barely, like, you, you're looking at this contract, the guy is not guaranteed any money at all. So, yeah, listen, like my opinion on the situation is I don't think Melo has much of a case to feel hard done by. Um, And maybe, you know, out of the 30 teams, maybe I could understand if somebody wanted to take a punt on him and give him a minimum contract and say, listen, let's see what you can do in a limited role. But equally, I understand if no team is willing to take that risk. So that's my take on the story. Like I, I know the, the media has been bugging out, Twitter has been bugging out about the fact that Melo's still not on the team, but you know, the NBA is a harsh place, and all it takes is uh all it takes is for a player to sort of assess themselves honestly and go, well, at this stage of my career, given my athletic talents, do I need to accept a lesser role? Both Carmelo and Dwight, to be honest, have been slow to do that, and as a result they're both kind of on the verge of being out of the league.